Hey there! Thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG! We are an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition livestreamed actual play campaign set in an original, non-colonial, anti-orientalist world. I am your Game Master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they-she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they-them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. As a heads up, this podcast contains sound effects that might be jarring to some audiences. We do not utilize jump scares, but if you're sonically sensitive, please be aware. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include fantasy violence, gore, body horror described in detail, blood and bloodletting, alcohol and substance use, interrogations and threats, discussions of death, memory loss, and smoking. Arc 2, Episode 11. Anger Rots the Oak and Elm. From Apology for Apostasy by Etheridge Knight. The sensation of having the shard of a god blasted out the back of your soul and then tractor beamed back through the front by an eldritch force is unpleasant. Oka. This sparking ball of red lightning and rage rips through the front of your chest. Your soul feels desecrated, hollowed out, like someone took an explosive to the interior and began to demolish. Having Vinash enter you was bad enough. Having him being ripped out is worse. Then, Vinash hurtles through Manaya, sinking into her chest, pulled along by this black column of light emanating from the dozens and dozens of eyes inside Dr. Ting's office. And Manaya, when the echo of the war god passes through your body and soul, a tidal wave of feelings crashes into you. Rage. Power. Fear. Like someone grabbed the beating heart of a mountain and shoved it through your body. Vinash is a hot stone moving through your chest. The Princess of Leaves stirs within you, startled, as his presence begins to burn. Then he surfaces through your back, and the sensations fade. Vinash begins to float untethered toward one of the many eyes mounted on the back wall of Dr. Ting's study. Except, the eyes have transformed into gnashing mouths with slithering tongues and razor-sharp teeth. And they look hungry. Oka. Manaya, the two of you think you can hear Rev somewhere in the near distance shouting something, but her voice is drowned out by this huge, silent noise filling the office like a flood spilling out into the corridor. What do the two of you do? Manaya, at this point, standing in front of Oka, 
uh, is going to turn back and grab for Rev, keeping one hand on Oka's shoulder. Oka is kind of like, Manaya's form is blocking that black energy, I think. And there's a look of horror and then clarity as for the first time in a long time, their soul is empty of any god. And Oka looks up at Manaya in this split second and pulls her in for a hug and just like wraps their arms around her and their voice is low. I made you a promise. Don't let me die. And they're going to kind of like grab onto her arm from there, sw like swing underneath and reach for Vinash. Vinash is sailing past Manaya, is now inside the office, several feet away from you. What do you do? Oka is still kind of like holding on to Manaya's arm. They like sweep their body around through the doorway, pulling Manaya forward as well. And they reach, and if they can't reach, they lunge forward. How, however they can, they grab Vinash, and instead of pulling it back into their chest, they pull it into their mouth and they swallow. Uh, you grab this sparking crimson, roiling sphere of power and anger, and you 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 stuff it into your mouth, uh, and it burns all the way down. You feel it sizzling down your esophagus, and you can feel this power like spreading through your organs, like disseminating, you know, all throughout your body as you're seized by this incredible force. And in response to this, you see like all of, you know, the mouths that were open, like shooting those beams, they emanate this kind of like horrific noise. Like there was silence that had settled over and now sort of like rippling over the science, like the world's like loudest bass line. You don't realize it's making a noise at first because it's so low, it's like underneath your bones. And then the mouths, they seem to vibrate, the teeth seem to shake, and then the lips like clamp shut, like strings of a marionette cut and the power goes, the weave goes slack. Uh, and left in the wake, a quick afterglow before that dissipates, you see the eyes glowing. But the eyes are no longer alive. Oka and Manaya, what did the two of you do? How is Rev? Rev is, well, she's standing behind the two of you. That pillar of black light that pierced all of your chests had sort of like flung her backward. She's like reeling, panting really hard, like sweating that blood sweat of hers. Uh, she looks shaken. Manaya watched all of this, I think, with a pretty horrified look on her face. So she pulls Oka back in to a hug. Oka, I think you feel some uh, wetness on the top of your head. For just, just a couple of seconds, that kind of feel like years. After that, she pulls away and grabs Rev, closes her eyes, and says, We have to go. And I'd like to cast Expeditious Retreat. Uh, you grab her and you can feel the magic filling the space, right? The, this void space left behind by the absence of this eldritch abomination. All of you, all three of you, Oka, you as well, and Rev, hear the rustling of leaves as like a, a small wind begins to gust and whip up. Uh, but before, you know, you can take any action, Rev responds. She says, what? wait, wait, wait. What if they come back? What if... What if there's something in the office we can learn from? At this, Manaya is going to look at Rev for just a, a couple of seconds, and then look back at the door, which is open, right? Yes. Uh, and wave her hand and cast some wind forth to close the door. For a moment, Oka was kind of just being pulled along there, you know, like into the hug. And they hugged Manaya back. 
just like the slightest tremble and like the littlest bits of like red lightning, like just crackling. When they speak, I think it's hoarse. There is nothing worth seeing in there ever. Manaya, we can find you a different boat. Fuck this ship. No amount of knowledge of the, of the gods, of the histories, of the secrets of the world would be worth risking a life for. Especially not any of us. We are here to do what we need to do. And without any one of us, our plan fails. Let's go. Rev lets you go. And as the three of you retreat back down the corridor. We transition now. We cut to V. V, you are still wearing Adam's disguise, standing in this dark copse of trees where you and Dr. Ting had had your conversation. You had turned around and left him, mm. and he had sort of called after you about being mother's favorite. Uh, so mm. upon hearing this, you don't, you know, like nothing's blowing up on in the ship. You don't hear any screams on the wind, which is good, right? <laughs> like no news is good yeah. news. So as you are retreating from Dr. Ting, what do you do? I'm going to make my way back to home base here today. Uh, and as I go, I'm actually going to take off the chrysalis robe and dirty it back up because I went ahead and cleaned it so it looked a little better. And I'm going to make it look muddy and gross like V had it. And as I get close to the village, I'm just going to let this guy's self drop and head home. Actually, I would love to check in with Koi about plans. Yes, so Koi would be in the sailors, like the sailors' cabin. Let's go knock on the door. Let's see what a bunch of sailors are doing at this time of day. Okay, you head over to the other cabin in the near distance where you can hear, like, merriment going from inside. You, can, you feel like you could smell the alcohol from, like, several dozen feet away. You see, like, a, a warm orange glow from a fire lit, like, misting up the, the glass of the window. And as you approach, you can hear them singing some songs in Wuhan. What do you do? You have a hearty rapping on the door pretty loud because they're probably hard of hearing at this point. You rap on the door. There's no immediate response. Do you rap again? Uh, I'm just going to open the door if I can. I'll try to open it. Yeah, you open the door and you witness a scene of jubilation and celebration. Sailors know how to have a good time, especially in the wake of intense trauma. You see like a bunch of them, like the Wuhan sailors, as well as the dock workers of the South Shore of Green Open Water. They're sitting around, you know, there's several of them sitting around a table playing cards. Like a couple of them are drinking by the fire. There's one like playing like a... Uh, a, a stringed instrument that I'm not I'm not sure if you've seen before it's sort of like set up and he's like plucking at it and there's like someone else banging on a drum uh, and you find Koi our sweet minotaur boy they are huddled up in a corner talking with a sailor I don't think you've spoken with before and they're laughing what do you do I'm gonna adopt the merriment of everybody else but hey everybody is your friend of me is here as I make my way to Koi but Koi it's so good to see you everyone's having such a good time this is amazing in here Everyone goes, hey, me, you know, hey, you know, you, you somehow find yourself with a bottle of tequila shoved into your hand. V's going to like raise the bottle, but stick her thumb on the bottle and just like act like she's chugging from it. Sure. So she doesn't take a, a drop at all. And as you lower the tequila bottle, Koi gets up and goes, V, V, ah, and they come forward and they give you a big bear hug. They say, oh. Thank you so much, Fee. Oh, because of you, I had such an amazing date with Oka. 
and and we we made a promise to each other after all this was over. A promise to each other? That sounds really serious, Koi. Yes, Koi. We, we sealed it with a kiss. <gasps> oh, It was my, really that's, nice. That's so romantic. I'm so happy for you, friend. And I'm, I'm assuming that uh, everything is good to go for, you know, these coming days. Oh, yes, yes. I, um, <clears throat> I was actually just talking to uh, Captain Akamu, and she, she'll agree to it. So we are all set. We're just waiting for your signal. Excellent. I will make the signal big and impossible to miss, friend. Understood. And we're, just to super clarify, we're coming back, right? This is just like a little prank thing that we're pulling. Absolutely. But, you know, a good prank is funny, and then you keep doing it for a little bit, then it's not funny, but then you do it for a little longer and it gets really funny. So we're going to do it so it's really, really funny. Oh, yeah. And then at this point, you hear a sailor that you've never spoken before, but you have seen around a couple times uh, repairing the ship go, Yeah! Those URL people. Let's, let's just, Fuck you know, make URL them feel a little people. scared. Exactly. Woo-hoo, knock them off their high horses. Yeah, off those high horse biz. Uh, and everyone, like, raises their glasses and they go, Fuck the URL. And they all, like, cheer Fuck and they the drink URL. to it. <laughs> uh, and on that, Dewey, you hear in the distance, Fuck the URL. <laughs> as, you're, as you're in front of Mahu's favor, like, looking at this chip. And you have figured out what everything you could have figured out uh, based on last session. I assume it's only been like two minutes since uh, Manaya, Rev, and Oka went into the ship. And now I assume they're hurrying out. Yeah, again. this this could be a time where our, our party rejoins. So Oka and Manaya, do you want to narrate what it looks like when you when you, when you you get the fuck out of there? I don't know what it's called, but the, the latch that leads down below decks flies open. And maybe like slams against the wood of the ship. And Dewey, I guess what you would see gust of wind laced with a few leaves maybe one like hits you in the head and goes past as basically Manaya, Rev, and Oka kind of just appear in front of you <laughs> did you do the thing? did you just go in and come back out? Maybe we need to go just, did you get rid the, of them? the ship needs to go the whole thing and it's going to Oka turns around but they don't let go of Manaya. Oka it needs to go Go uh, where? Down to the depths of the fucking darkest corner of the world and never come out. Oka offers their like other hand to Dewey. Uh, Dewey takes it. I'm sorry. This is gonna hurt a little bit. Vinash, fucking destroy it. Describe what it looks like. It's like Oka's body becomes a lightning rod like begins to like spark off of their body it like co- like coils around their arm and then onto like Dewey's arm onto Manaya onto Rev like coiling around each of them until literally all of them are just standing there glowing in sparks and then boom uh, the biggest fucking bolt of red lightning right down from the sky right through the middle of the ship where Sing's office would be um and fucking decimates it the ship dies. The ship cracks in half. There is the smell of burning wood and a noise like the loudest peal of thunder any of you have ever heard. Like the entire ground, like there's a landslide happening is how loud this is. Like a huge rumble all around you. And the ship is split down the middle and fire erupts uh, from the wood where the huge bolt of lightning struck it. Uh, And the ship untethers 
and it sort of begins to like float out into the middle middle of the river. It was sort of like knocked backward by the force of this bolt. And these two broken halves of the ship begin to sink a little bit into the river. Like that's how powerful this huge bolt was. And um, V, uh, V inside, inside the cabin, you are in the middle, I think. You decide, are you having an arm wrestling contest with someone or are you playing dice? V is against the wall and the sailors are taking turns like throwing the daggers at the wall to like... <laughs> I think that's more up. <laughs> okay, yeah, V, do you have like a do you have like a little pair like balanced on your head? And I, and my hands are up and there's like there's a pair in each one, so the sailors are trying like there's different points for different uh Oh sure. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So a bunch of <laughs> drunk sailors are throwing knives at you. <laughs> okay, V, yeah, you're up you're up against the wall and like you see Koi go, uh Bane, come on, you can do it. Get the one on the head. It's worth the most come points. On, Get the one on the head. The one on the head. And Bane is sort of like, like she winds up, right? And just as she throws, boom! That huge peal of like lightning and thunder comes down. The ground shakes, right? Everyone goes, whoa. Like there's like a silence and Bane throws. Can I cast Dimension Door? <laughs> she just like out of it. Yes, you can. Uh, so what does it look like as you see the knife sailing like a bullseye for your face? What do you right, do? Like, Holy... And then like I just like get consumed by like static electricity and just like I, I, re, I reappear actually midair and like fly into the wall because I just like was... Okay, I love that. you. Your body poofs against the wall and the three pairs like fall to the ground on the other side yep. of the room uh, and you see like the, the knife thunk like right where your head would have been uh, and mm -hmm. everyone's like whoa and there's like still like a little bit of rumbling left right like the aftershock of it and like you can smell just static in the air and this is a familiar smell and sensation to you specifically V because it smells like the nosh right this is exactly what it smelled like when you had that confrontation and all the sailors are like what's going on what the hell was that was that an earthquake and they are all starting like some of them are heading to like the window others are like going to open the door while this is happening yasuka i think maybe from inside you can hear oka's voice ringing out sing calling for dr tsing v is gonna be like all hands on deck luke go outside right now <laughs> Okay, yeah, they don't need they don't need extra encouragement. The door is flung open and sailors begin to pour out being like, what the hell? And you see Koi go like, oh, and like grab a bunch of bottles and then like huff, huff on their way out. Uh, and as you pour out of this cabin, like into the starless night, right? Someone grabs a torch from inside, smart thinking to like illuminate the way because it's pitch black out. The doors to the researchers cabin is also flung open and the researchers are flooding out. And you hear like people start gasping. Uh, when they see the burning, smoldering, split-open wreck of Mahu's favor. I think it's still flaming. It's like a flaming shipwreck, like in the middle of the river that's like slowly getting bored down by the river and slowly sinking. And their silhouettes backlit by this flaming wreckage with huge plumes of black smoke rising. V, you see Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and Rev. Are your weapons drawn? Yeah, Oka's also still literally crackling with... There's lightning all over. They are like pacing back and forth, you know, like sc like screaming. The like rage like double doubled in their voice. 
Uh, you were shouting for Ting and out from like the darkness, right? By like where the URL researchers are, the sailors are going, what, what, no! You know, like you, they're like cursing in Wuhan and Manai, you can recognize like one of them go, oh, my baby, our baby! You know, they're all like really like, like fucked up about the ship being, you know, blown up. And you can also like see Captain uh, Akamu like trying to calm her sailors down, but she looks extremely distraught, like amidst all the chaos. And Ting steps forward. His face is sort of cast in shadow. And Dr. Ting just says, What? What have you done? What have I done? <laughs> what the fuck have you done? You killed the world! And they're gonna go for him. Yeah, Jeez. I think Manaya, Manaya and Oka are probably like striding forward. Manaya with not murderous intent. I can't speak for Oka. Oka uh, has some murderous intent, I would say. <laughs> I would say there's a bit of murderous intent. I think Oka's still got like a death grip on Dewey's arm, but he's like doing the thing where he's trying to go the other way. Um, but the two other people are like, the two stronger people are heading towards Ching, but he's like, we can't, no, Tony, can't. we gotta go. V's gonna run following after them. And as soon as there's enough space between V and the sailors and the other researchers, I think actually she's gonna cast a wall of fire separating them off so that it's just us four and Rev and Dr. Ching. Okay, great. So V, describe to me what it looks like. Yes, so V's hand is gonna wipe across and as it does, the ground is just gonna erupt in flame 20 feet high and this nice 60 foot arc separating uh, our group and Dr. Ching with all of the other members of the people of this community, just flaming bright hot up to the air. As the flames roar, you know, into life, like you can hear like people shouting, go, whoa, 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 what the hell's going on? You know, like people are like bedlam. It's like all around you, but the roar of the flames and the heat shimmering sort of drowns out everything else. So it's just the four of you standing as a united front against Dr. Ting on the other side of the fire. And now that he's illuminated by the flames, you see that he looks, um, his face is cast in sharp relief. He has always looked tired. He has always looked exhausted. But the flames going over his like stubbled face make it really apparent that he has these like dark bags under his eyes you know his cheeks are a little hollowed out you know that his like grizzled like face sort of like disguises but not entirely he's standing there he doesn't have shoes on right he's just in like pajama pants kind of uh, and like a long like sleeping robe sort of and he just sort of looks at the rest of you and just goes what is this i think benaya or are striding forward straight to this man yeah oka's on him like a fucking panther Dewey's doing the thing where he's like digging his heels into the ground because trying to shake his hand from Oka's grip. I don't even think they know that they're holding on to Dewey. They just have they just have him and they haven't let go yet. Okay, sounds good. Rev hangs behind. V, are you also striding forward or are you letting Oka and Manaya pull Dewey along? V doesn't really know exactly what just happened. So V is mostly also like watching crowd control, is backing up slowly to follow the group. Everybody stay back, just stay back as she backs up to follow the party slowly. Rev sort of stays behind, like her eyes darting around, right? Her hood is like thrown back and she's like a hand is like on the hilt of her whip. And Oka and Manaya and Dewey, reluctantly, uh, as the three of you stride up to Dr. Ting, he looks and he says, you... You went into my study, didn't you? Manaya kicks this man square in the chest to the ground and and puts her booted foot down. Okay. Are you trying to hurt him? No. Okay. You kick him to the ground 
and he he lets out he just sort of crumples he doesn't really offer any resistance at all he sort of like falls to the ground and his head is like just several feet away from the outer rim of the fire he looks up at you like with your heavy heavy boot on his sternum are you going to kill me no what yes yes we are okay okay with his study gone he's the only source of information we have Manaya uh, puts her axe right at his neck and says, The stranger, you serve it. There is a long pause, and V, you see his eyes go to you. He looks mostly calm, but he, he's looking at you with an expression, right? That's pretty plain. And as then, soon as he looks away, okay. Manaya's going to slap him and say, No, I'm talking to you. V's gonna uh, is gonna see this and quicken her approach and just be like, let us just be calm, everybody. Let's just be calm. There's no need for anyone to get harmed. Right. V, now. you didn't see what was in there. He needs to die. There's many things that could happen to him that are worse than death. Let's just take a moment. I think that and this is actually directed very much to the doctor. Obviously, plans have changed drastically. We seem to no longer have a boat, and so any bargaining chips for that ship are now off the table. You had a now talk. A sort of like look of comprehension comes over Dr. Ting's face. <laughs> Never should have trusted. Who do you work for? Who sent you? Why we do you are... think that you are the one asking the questions right now? You fucking monster. Because I don't fear. Death. Kill me. I'll never talk. Perhaps, Doctor, you should have taken deals that were offered to you earlier. <laughs> so, this is the depth that the Chrysalis will stoop to, hmm? To get the upper edge? Are the three of you aware you have a traitor in your midst? Manaya laughs at this uh, and turns to Oka and says, Crosses my mind that death is no longer a thing here. I've taken a vow never to. She doesn't want to say it out loud, but... Oka looks at Manaya, and, like, the the rage, you know, is flicking back and forth across their face. It's also Vinash's at being so close to death. There's, like, fear and rage that is Oka's, but also not Oka's. And they look at Dr. Tsing. <laughs> I do not share the same kind of moral quandaries for people like you. You killed this world. You may not fear death, but I promise that by sunrise you will fear me. So talk, or I'll make your fucking corpse talk. You understand? My god. You're paragons. You're paragons, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, and he coughs a little as your like boot is on is on his chest, and he just goes, "Can't believe it! All this time and fine, I'll talk. But you might not like what I have to say, saviors of Endake. You're on the wrong side here. You were never meant to get this far. Drop your axe, drop your sword. Listen to what I have to say." Manaya turns to V and says, Can we trust him? Absolutely not. He's working for the very things we're chasing after. No, no, V. I mean, 
do the 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 mind thing. Oh sure. V goes ahead and does some detect thoughts. What does it feel like as you're probing his thoughts? Like what does your magic look like? V's gonna like hold up her hand this time and like there's almost like a if you were attuned to the weave, you could see almost this line from the from the diamond into the doctor's forehead. And it's like just swirling thoughts. You can almost hear deeper memories, just not quite. Okay, so you're inside his like mind space. You can hear all these swirling thoughts all around you, including, I can't believe it, paragons. Wow, oh, they're definitely gonna promote me if I bring them back. I can I hit the jackpot, but there's, there's no way to contact anyone ship blew up you know stuff like that like stuff you probably like have already ascertained and it's mm. interesting for most people the boundary like after surface thoughts like you, you're like if you probe deeper you can sort of like bring them like to the forefront but there's like a wall sealing off is like deeper thoughts like a wall of void and shadow it feels opaque it's gonna be as if v like comes back into her body and she's like he's got some way of blocking me. There's something going on here. Then I suppose you'll have to talk with a boot on your sternum. You won't get very far by trying to probe my thoughts, sorcerer. Forces protect me that are more powerful and ancient than any of you can imagine. Aren't you sick of it? The suffering? All of this? The death? The destruction? The exiles? The not belonging? The pain? Aren't the four of you sick of it? You're fucking sick. <laughs> you know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of these fucking monsters taking away every single shred of happiness that ever existed. I understand that there cannot be happiness without grief. That's not what the problem is. The problem is, is that you fucking broke everything. Don't talk to me about what I'm sick of. It was already broken in the first place. You're right. There's no happiness without grief. There's always pain. Always. His fist pounds against the ground, and he goes, The only time, the only opportunity we have to not feel any pain, the, the closest approximation we have to it, is death. In this natural life, that's all we have. You live, you suffer, you die. That's not what I want. That's not what any of us want. We want a world where none of us have to suffer anymore. But getting there is hard. You don't understand anything. I would rather live with 10,000 scars than feel nothing. Every time. Would you inflict that on the people you love? Hmm? All that pain? If your mother were sick and dying and in agony... I kick him in his head. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a little close. That was a little close to home, so okay, fucking kicks him in the face. Okay, are you trying to knock him out? I mean, if it happens, it happens. Okay, you kick him in the head and the lights go out. He's unconscious. Um, Mania pulls her foot back and picks up the man. Picks up Dr. Singh. At this point, like, the shouting from outside the fire ring is, like, getting louder. You know, you get, like, hear some of the research. Goes, Dr. Singh, what's going on? Dr. Singh, are you okay? Let him go! No, a lot of people are like shouting and, and seem very worried about what's happening. They can't seem to see past the fire. I suggest, friends, we go to someplace a little more private. V could actually lead everybody to where she met the doctor in, out in the woods and stuff. 
as they go, the flames just slowly die down. But enough time like for them to all be in the cover of the forest. As the fire dies down, you can hear like footsteps, like shouting voices. People like rush forward and they're like, where'd they go? What, what happened? Are they gone? Did they teleport away? As the six of you retreat into the woods. No one seems to follow you that you notice with your passive perceptions. What do you do? Oka is pacing around angrily, just like back and forth. He's not going to tell us anything fucking useful. He's just a goddamn madman who broke everything. This is so fucked. Throw him in a chest and throw him into the fucking ocean. He did tell some things to Adam of the chrysalis, and V actually will bulge that entire conversation. While the conversation's happening, the Kamenaya is tying him to a tree. He's looking up and down his, his person for, like, if there's anything on him that would be causing the mental block. Okay, Dewey, as you investigate his body, are you, like, lifting up his shirt, or are you just giving him a visual examination? <laughs> uh, I'll pat him down, I guess. You don't feel anything bulging? No, like, device or anything like that? What? Like, I meant, like, a box or, like, some sort of, like, <laughs> device. See, get your mind out of the gutter. Nothing hard on him. There's not Exactly. I... There's nothing hard on him. You don't feel anything. What do the rest of you do? Even he won't say anything. He's a point of leverage with everyone else. Well, we can throw the entire plan with the boat out the window. All that hard work is gone. It's fine. The Raven's Eye is farther up north anyway. We'll deal with that later. What do we do now? What information, what are we trying to get out of him, friends? I, I, I know that he and the Chrysalis are heading towards the same thing, but doing it in their different ways. So what, what more do we, what are we looking for from him? Manaya and maybe Oka and Rev explain what we saw in the ship and basically say, this man is somehow worshiping or serving the stranger. And we need to know what he knows. I don't need to know what he knows. He needs to be taken out of the equation. He's, <laughs> when he wakes up, he's gonna try to fucking eat us. He's gonna take us back to their little lab and then that'll be one, two, three, four, five, and six, gone. We can't let it happen. He needs to be removed. V, can you wipe his mind? Can you get in there? Can you, Dewey, can you do surgery on him? Uh, lobotomy, right? I have a blade. You could just tell me where to poke and he'll forget everything, right? I think Dewey's Back making that exact face. face. <laughs> Dewey has no like... words. <laughs> like the scrunched up frown, like what the fuck? I mean, V's, yeah, searching through stuff, can pull out the gem of true sight. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of is putting him in the box and dropping him in large body of water. He'll find a way out of that. Uh, <sighs> Dr. Ting groans and begins to, like, come back to consciousness. Oka, as he, like, comes up, grabs him by the collar and, like, thumps him back against the tree. If you ever say anything about my mother again, I will make you wish you were never born. <clears throat> uh, he coughs up a little bit of blood that was left in his mouth from the kick. <clears throat> mother. Mother. No. 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 I haven't. I haven't failed you yet. Wait. Wait, please, wait, N no! And all of you see glowing under his shirt, uh, and you see like the outline of like a, a red eye, and it begins to like get brighter and brighter. Actually, it seems a little wet. It's glowing in a wet way, almost like you're seeing it from underwater, and it begins to bleach through his shirt, and you realize it's blood. And he seems like he's struggling under like your like grip, right, Oka? But he seems to be like in pain from something else. Yeah, as soon as that eye motif comes back, Oka's dropping him and backing off. 
we're all backing off, I would hope. All of you sort of back off. Uh, like, you see, like, Rev, like, take out the whip and, like, unfurl it carefully. Uh, and he's just, like, he's thrashing. And then he begins to jerk in a really, like, irrational, sudden, volatile way. Almost like his body is glitching out. You know, like, this is more than just, like, him in pain. Just more than just a dude writhing in agony. Right? This is, like, there's something going on with the fabric of his reality. Like, with the fabric of who he is. The glowing gets really, really bright. And there's no other way for me to describe this aside from Dr. Ting unravels. His body just sort of like splits, splits open a little. Almost like that device you saw that like sort of like split open at the top like a flower opening. Almost like he's inverted. And then he sort of sloughs off against the tree and dissipates into like a puddle of like goo. Similar to Shakur. And the goo's like steaming a little. Well, I guess we don't have to figure out how to get rid of a body. I think Oka moves forward again. Careful. Yeah? Hey, mother, you listening? Because I forgot to tell you that I'm an obstinate fucking child. Fuck this. Let's get out of here. I am tired of this place. As you begin to turn, Oka, all of you hear like footsteps approaching. Then all of you could hear like voices being like, I think they went here. I, I mean, this is the only place we haven't checked, right? Hello, Dr. Ting, Manaya, Oka, Dewey, V, Rev. You know, like you could hear people calling your names. Uh, they sound like the researchers. And I they... kick mud over the goo. <laughs> you kick mud over the pile of goo formerly known as Dr. Ting. As these torches like come through like the underbrush. V cast this guy's self to look like Dr. Ting. Oh, oh my God. My God. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, yeah. V, you, you cast this guy's self not a minute too late as emerging from the underbrush carrying like torches are the researchers. And you recognize, let's see who would do this. Dr. Sato, the half-orc woman with the braid. She steps forward like holding, like she like adjusts her glasses and goes, oh, there you are. What, what in God's name is going on? Where's Dr. Ting? What? I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. Don't worry. I know we all scared each other here. It's been a wild evening, um, but we've talked it out. Everything is fine. There's a lot of misunderstandings we had to clear up. Ugh, what is that smell? It smells awful here. It's the well, sulfur it, from the mud. Well, it turns out that one of our monsters that we were looking at seems to have escaped and attacked us while we were here in the woods. And these these lovely travelers took care of it. It's uh, That smell is awful. Yes. But everything is fine now. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, hold, hold on. Doctor, I'm sorry, but one of you mean the false Hydra, but we it's dead. There is another creature. I, I can't talk to you about it. It's one of my personal experiments that I was working on. I'm sorry I couldn't tell you all. Uh, it was locked in my personal cabin and apparently w during ship repairs, it must have gotten jostled and escaped and has apparently uh, been roaming and which is what led to all this confusion. They were really mad at me, which was very fair because they thought I had unleashed this thing, this terror on them, and it wasn't true. And we, we managed to take care of it. Everything is fine now. Roll deception. I don't get to roll deception enough. There's a 25 work. <laughs> okay, there's a pause. Dr. Sato goes, well, I wish you would have told us. I mean, all of us would have been put in danger by that. Is the monster dead? Did you kill it? Where is it? The, the elf actually is disposing of the rest of it because you, you can smell that smell when the creature's not even here. It was even more awful. So the elf 
volunteered, very kind. I love, it's a very kind elf. You should all get to know her. She's very lovely. So everything is fine. I think we should all just return back to our cabins and just let's, I think we all need some good rest. What about the ship? What was that? Was that the monster too? What kind of a monster that, can do that? That's why I couldn't tell you all. It was so high powered. I did not want it to get into the wrong hands and get abused. Unfortunately, it seems to have happened. And it that was what happened. It, it blew out of the ship. It destroyed the ship, unfortunately. Sure did. Saw it with my own eyes while I was taking a smoke break. Uh, and Mr. Kim is sort of standing off to the side, leaning against a tree, smoking. Dr. Sato goes, what? Well, you know, Mr. Kim, if you were aware of this, I really wish you would have told us. Just next time in the future, Dr. Ting, please keep us in the loop, okay? We, we care about you. And if we're collaborating with these lovely strangers now, we'd like to know. I don't think that's unreasonable to ask. But yes, this has been a very tiring night. I would, I would like to see the, the body once it's, you know, taken care of. Let's wait until the morning. We're not going to solve any problems here. This late at night. The researchers all sigh and look at each other. And Dr. Pelpone, who was the, the cultural consultant, like the one who was really interested in Raven's speech, she goes, well, okay, um, I'm glad that cleared up that mystery, huh? You know, of the cataclysm, all these monsters. Well, I'm, gl I'm glad we have some heroes on our side keeping an eye out. Or as Court of Ravens folk would say, as she makes like a balking, chittering noise. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Now, if you excuse me, I have a lot of paperwork and a lot of notes to take. So please just let me be for the night. I've got so much work to do. I have to explain all of this to the URL. Well, because the, our ship is down. Dr. Singh, do you still have your pocket communicator? Or was that, did that get destroyed too during the fight? Unfortunately, it must have fallen out of my pocket and has, we'll find it in the morning. Very well, doctor. We will see you in the morning. Uh, and Dr. Sato leads the researchers away. This whole time, Oka has been staring daggers into the other researchers to see if there is like any semblance on their face of like, do they know? Do they know what what Doctor Singh was doing? Roll insight. If the rest of you would like to do that as well, you can. I'm just adding eleven for insight. Okay, eleven from V. Do we? Let's not talk about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Manaya, are you rolling? She's giving the other scientists the benefit of the doubt. If it was locked in Dr. Singh's study, then okay. they likely don't know about it. What about you, Oka? 24. Oka's staring daggers into these bitches. Okay. Oka, with your high roll, looking at their faces, they, t they seem to be taking everything V. Ting is saying at face value, right? They're like nodding. They just they seem like genuinely concerned when, you know, when Dr. Ting was talking about the monster. They seem to buy the thing about like the the attack. There's nothing else there being like, ooh, like there's no like code word that they were like using or anything like that. If anything, you can probably surmise that they were just just as in the dark as the four of you. It was probably only Dr. Ting into all this like eldritch fucked up stranger shit. Cool, thank you. Oka lets them go in that case. So the five of you and the pile of goo formerly known as Dr. Singh have a moment alone. Solar like flicks his cigarette to the ground and gives you a wink, Oka, before he retreats. We would be like, I bought us some time, but we need to go tonight, friends. I don't care where we go. We just cannot stay here. Oka, oh. if you can get us some light, some light, we can take Moss Crawler. On it. Get everything from the rooms and let's go now in an hour, no less. Do we want to look for this pocket communicator? 
Well, uh, Dr. The- Singh, perhaps you should go back into your cabin and get your things, right? Even though I'm a scientist, you are very smart, Oka. You should consider... Wait, wait, what am I doing? I'm talking... Okay, I will be, I will go to Dr. Singh's and I will check this out. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so the four of you split to, like, grab your stuff and, like, leave in the middle of the night. Get the fuck out of there. Okay, uh, so I think the rest of you, except for V, are able to, like, get your things and, and meet at, like, an agreed-upon rendezvous point. But let's just roleplay out what happens with V very quickly. So V, you retreat back to the researchers' cabins. Uh, you see that most of them have like laid out like on the ground. Like all of them have like their sleeping rolls. When you come in, it's a little quiet. Doctor Sato is settling in for the night. She seems to be leafing through some notes, and she goes, "There you are, Doctor Ting. Is everything okay?" Yes, everything is perfectly fine. I'm just—it's been such a day. I unfortunately, our new friends were a little rough. My head is a little dizzy. I'm, could you help me to my stuff? I'm just—I'm a little woozy right now. Of course. I mean, it's just upstairs. That's where you set everything up, right? Right. I'm sorry. I took such a good hit out there. My head is ringing. Um, I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna just go to bed. Please, just again, like, if you could keep everyone in your quiet. Let me sleep in a little bit. I've had a very long day. I I actually have to there I I have to do some paperwork and write down some things. So Understood. I'm gonna be up for a little bit longer, but just keep things quiet down here, and um, I'll see you in the morning. Uh, what one moment, Doctor? Uh, if I could have a word, and uh, Doctor Sato gets up and sort of like pulls you off to the side. The other like like researchers are like laying down, like and she sort of pulls you to like a secluded corner, and she says mm-hmm. to you, Doctor Ting. Uh, Maybe I'm stepping out of line here, but I, I wish you wouldn't work yourself so hard. You don't have to take on all these burdens by yourself. I don't mean to be rude, but I know sometimes you can come off as a little standoffish, but I know that you really, you care about the team and you care about the work we do and we're behind you, okay? You don't you don't have to feel like you're alone. Pardon what I say, but I know losing your wife and child is very hard on you, but going to be okay. I appreciate that. Um- it's been easier to throw myself into the work than to actually sit with my feelings, so. Oh, sorry, I'm surprised. I half expected you to chew me out. I'm just tired, you know? Who knows, maybe I'll wake up my grouchy self in the morning. Who knows? I'm just grateful that I'm still here. Well, I'm grateful you're here too, Dr. Ting. And I'd love to compare notes uh, about the Thalma technical anomalies we witnessed on our way over here in the morning, so... Yeah, I, I'll have those that research ready for you. I know I don't say this enough, but you are a wonderful, wonderful scientist and an assistant oh. and friend. Oh, uh, and you see Dr. Sato like blush a little from the compliment. Thank you. You too. I, I also consider you a, a friend. Maybe after this is all done, we can have a nice drink somewhere and just like get to know each other a little bit better, you know. Uh, but yeah, my head, my head is killing me. I, I really I, I should I would, go upstairs now. I would really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, have a good night. Fuck you, Erica. <laughs> that is such, that is such an evil. I swear to God. Anyway. All I could hear was matchmaker, matchmaker, matchmaker. Oh my God. <laughs> He's goo now, Erica. He's goo. It'll never work. <laughs> v is all about writing checks for other people. That yeah, you are. Anyway. Uh. Oh, but that little spark of hope before the dawn is so is not worth it, right? <laughs> before it dies. Okay, V, you go upstairs. You see the, the what's left of the hydro flare uh, inside those like burlap sacks piled in the corner, and then you also see sort of a makeshift desk setup and like a bedroll. 
I'm assuming you're looking through the desk. Yeah, I want to find this communicator device. But if there's anything else of note, I'm definitely looking for that too. You find uh, almost immediately some research materials written in Nabalish. Can you read that? I cannot. Okay, so you just see a lot of things written in Nabalish. Are you going to grab those? Like sheafs of paper? Yeah, I'll put them in my stuff. Okay, you just you grab them. There's maybe like 20 or 30 in total. And you sort of rifle around the drawers until you find what you think maybe could be a communicator. It looks like a rock. There's like a, like a rune etched into it. So V, while you're puzzling over this rock, let's cut now to Oka. Oka, what are you up to after the split? I mean, probably it's going to take a minute. They get all their stuff first. And they knock on uh, Dr. Kim's door. Let's say Mr. Kim is, is living in a little like shack next to the main researcher's cabin. Knock on his door and you hear a voice coming not from inside, but it seems like on the other side of the shack. And you can sort of like smell and see like a plume of like smoke come up over here, princess. That is actually quite rude. You know, I'm considered a prince. <laughs> Fine then, prince. Bum me one. You walk around over to him where he is smoking the same cigarette as earlier. And as you do, he looks at you a little sidelong and says, Are you okay? We took off a little abruptly from our lunch. Yeah. <clears throat> fine. Uh, fine. Yeah. Uh, about lunch. You're a good cook. You should think more about your, um, maybe you should become a cook now. Are you asking me to elope? No, I'm not asking you to elope. There is not enough room on our boat, but you need... You, Oka's voice gets a little bit lower. You need to leave. Now. I appreciate the warning, Huckleberry. But, uh... <clears throat> and he undoes his, like, tie. Uh, and he, like, un unbuttons the top, like, few buttons of his collared shirt. And he, like, pulls it pulls it open. And you see a something tattooed on his collarbone. Uh, actually, like, right above where his heart would be. Uh, it is a small, like, eye tattoo. And he says, They do this to everyone who rises a certain amount in the URL. You are a fucking idiot. Why? Ugh, it's so stupid. Uh, Oka takes a long drag. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to die? What? I mean, you're either going to die or it's going to hurt, so. You Oka... You can't, you can't just cut it out. I, at least I don't think so. I'm not talking about cutting out. If that's what I think it is, I might be able to pull it off. They wiggle their fingers a little bit with the blood, if it's there. I, okay, I could, it's too risky. What if it backfires? What if it latches onto you? This is the contract, you see. We all sign a contract when we work with the URL. I've been told if I try to remove it, it'll blow me up. You know, I've heard that before, but you might be surprised about how far you can get before anything happens. I appreciate the offer, Oka, but I I think I'm going to be okay. Idiot. Uh, and Oka snubs out the cigarette and walks away. Nice sword form. We should duel again when we meet. Oka just kind of like waves and goes. Okay. And on that, we cut back to V. What did you get for your arcana? 16. 16. Yeah, you, you can detect this thing is magical. It's enchanted. So most likely this is the communicator. With your 16, there is a specific code word used to activate this rock. I don't know if you know what it is yet. 
Uh, I don't think I want to even try at the moment, but I will put it into my sack, and I would like to forge this handwriting to just write on there something along the lines of, had to return to the URL right away. Our new friends are protecting me. We'll explain back at the lab. I'll leave it. I won't even sign it. Okay. You leave the note and you sneak out. And now let's cut to the rendezvous point. Where is it? South Shore by the docks. South Shore by the docks. The five of you, including Rev, meet there. Manaya, have you pulled out Moss Crawler? Do you mind if I pull just like one little roleplay moment with the princess? Maybe as Manaya's carrying Moss Crawler. Sounds good. As you're carrying Moss Crawler under the cover of a night toward like where you can hear the river like running. What do you say? Princess, I, you're right. Manaya. And she sounds, as usual, a little tired. The real question is, are, are you all right? I'll be fine. We still have Vinash. We can find his paragon. But you seem to be burned. But I'm not just a little scrape, a little bruise. Uh, nothing too bad mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Manaya. Yes, I'm, I'm a little injured, but don't worry. My magic will still flow. Maybe injured is the wrong word. Shaken. Having Vinash pass through your soul where I reside, Manaya, well, there's no solid metaphor, but I was quite enjoying being in a room by myself, and Vinash is much like a firestorm, so I'm putting the tables back together. The wonder Oka's not his paragon. Whoever would be Udabathi's paragon, I frankly would give a wide berth to. You know the story about the first paragon of Eudipathes, right? No. Oh, well, she she was scary. Let me tell you. And the Princess of Leaves launches into a story. We call her the Crimson Warrior, wreathed in blood. Oh, she was powerful. She was terrifying. But she was also kind. She embodied all aspects of Eudipathy perfectly. A poor farm girl from the scrublands rose up she was chosen she led a peasant rebellion against the first terrible queen of the north and the rest well you know the rest they say was history but my favorite story about the crimson warrior is the fact that she was very very good at gambling that explains Tabathati sure does <laughs> oh, and you hear her like give a big yawn thank you for the story Oh, you're very welcome, Manaya. Thank you for listening. And uh, is the rage sticking to you, Manaya? When Vinash passed through? It was powerful and very, very hot. But I don't want to say I'm stronger than Vinash, but it was uh, manageable this time. <laughs> I'm glad to hear. Oh, but fast. Here come your friends. Right. Talk to you later. You know where to find me. And like she sort of like settles back into your soul. At that point, Oka, Dewey, V, and Rev reconverge by Moss Crawler. What do the five of you say to each other? Dewey. Oka kind of like shuffles aside a little bit because they hate apologizing. I'm sorry. You were right about the room. We should have never gone in there. We should have just destroyed it immediately. What, what happened to you? All I saw was the destruction. What happened down there? Well, we saw what you saw, and it, well, <laughs> we didn't close the door in time, so Vinash, the eyes of the stranger, 
tried to eat us and very nearly succeeded. So I'm sorry for not listening to you. You have a, you have a good head on your shoulders. You blew up a ship. I, I got the brains. You got the, uh, the boom, boom. Okay. Kind of like ruffle, like, you know, like kind of like, or doesn't ruffle, but like (laughs) kind of like elbows him a little bit, you know, and then rejoins the, the group. Rev speaks up, says we, we should get going. I don't want anyone to see us. Right. Where are we going? Away, presumably. Well, Manaya, you know water the best. Should we head for open ocean, or should we go back upstream, try to find a different ship, a, a better vessel? Well, Skrull is not an ocean ship, even if we stuck close to land. She'd... No, this isn't our ship. We need to return her. Plus, the Raven's Eyes, it's farther north of here. Hey, <laughs> maybe those fucking derby weirdos have a fast one for us. <laughs> And maybe on that suggestion from Oka, we end our session. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Transplaner. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. Music is by Connie Chong, CIS, Fezlian Studios, and Soundstripe. Audio mixing is done by Mike Graham. Give them a follow on Twitter at OMikeGram. Podcast editing is done by Connie Chong and C. Thomas. New podcast episodes drop every other Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanerRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanerRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel... Azura, Brooke Bright, Cassidy Barnes, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower T, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Rue.